0: Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 509 of the Locked On New Year Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Just wanted to thank you guys for making Locked On New Year Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. That song you're hearing right now is, of course, Leave the Lights On from our good friends in Pacifier. You can check those guys out anywhere you get your music. And we have the unfortunate responsibility of talking about what can best be described as a rough night in Las Vegas for the New York Rangers last night. They drop a 5-1 decision to the Vegas Golden Knights and, you know, it's interesting because I thought this game got off to a good enough start for the Rangers. I thought for the first period and Maybe even getting toward the first half of the second period as well. I thought the Rangers were competitive. They played pretty well. And not just competitive. I thought for a good chunk, pretty much the entire first period, and again, the early portions of the second period, maybe the first like seven, eight minutes, somewhere in there, I thought the Rangers had the better of play overall. I realized they were down one to nothing after the first period ended, but for the most part, they were creating opportunities. I thought the Mika Kreider kako line was fantastic in the first period. It felt like it was going to be a big night for them, and of course, they did end up scoring the only goal of the night for the Rangers. Uh, but you know, in the second period, it kind of just fell apart, and next thing you know, the Rangers are down three to one going into the third, and then you have to you know take some chances. You're trying to get back into the game. You're ch- you're chasing two goals or even three goals. Getting late in the third period, you gotta take some risks, and that's when Vegas kind of piled on and of course made the final score five to one. It was not a Banner night, but I also would not say it was a terrible night for Alex Yorgiev. We've obviously seen him play better than this, especially recently, Uh, but there were some goals where I don't think he got a ton of help. There were also maybe one or two that he would tell you he'd like to have that one back, Uh, but I wanted to start with the first goal of the game that was scored by the Knights. Uh, Less than two minutes remaining in the first period, and the Knights on the power play, and uh, before we get into that, I just want to mention the fact that coming into this game last night, pretty sure the Rangers were number four in the league in penalty kill and number seven in the league in power play. Also signs of a very good team uh, when you're excelling on both special teams units. But the Knights scored on this one, and they scored because the Rangers didn't really give Alex have a ton of help. There was a shot from the point. Alex have made the save. There was a rebound opportunity in the crease. have made a really nice save on that one. Then there was another rebound opportunity, and Georgiev made an excellent save on that one, kicking out his right pad, keeping the puck out of the net. And then the fourth time was the charm for Vegas. Uh, Jonathan Marchessault cleans up from the doorstep. And, you know, this also kind of leads me into the next thing that I wanted to talk about, which is that the Ranger defense did not have a banner night. I mean, Libor Hayek and Zach Jones are going to stand out more than any of them, and we'll get to them in just a second. But Adam Fox and K. Andre Miller were on the ice here. And look, listen, they're both great defensemen. I mean, Adam Fox is in the running for another Norris. I think Ke'Andre Miller's had a really nice season for the Rangers as well. But on this one, you know, Fox, a uh, little bit caught out of position, I would say. And Ke'Andre Miller seemed to have a hard time finding the puck. But when even if you're shorthanded, I really don't think that your opponent should be able to get four consecutive shots in the span of like, I don't know, three seconds. I mean, by the fourth shot attempt in a row... You know, somebody, and presumably one of the defensemen, you got to, you know, knock the puck out of there. You got to go down the ice and block a shot. You got to put a body on somebody. You got to do something to create a little bit of resistance here. And uh, none of the Ranger penalty killers nor the defensemen really did anything of the like in this instance here. But, yeah, overall, really rough night for the Ranger defensemen. I don't think any of them really uh, had a banner night. You know, and and Libor Hayek, I've mostly defended him on here because Ranger fans... Tend to make him sound like he's one of the worst defensemen in the league, and I just have not seen him in that light this season. But this was a really, really rough night for Libor Hayek. I think uh, the low light of the night for Hayek uh, specifically was the third goal that was scored by the Vegas Golden Knights. This is a goal that happened about midway through the second period. Came from Matthias Janmark and made the score 3-1 to in Vegas' favor. But basically... Uh, you know, there's a pass up the ice of T.S. Yenmark, He gains the blue line. He's going in alone, and Hayek is there. He's in position. Yenmark if, if he's going to get to the net, he's going to have to go at it at a very sharp angle, but that's exactly what he did. Basically, just went right through Libor Hayek. Uh, Hayek kind of got caught reaching for the puck a little bit here when he probably would have been better served to just put his body on him. I mean, if if you just make contact here, you know, Yenmark is going to have a heck of a time, I think, getting to the net. And, of course, you know, Georgiev could he have stopped this one. Yeah, maybe, but it should have never come to that. Uh, rough play for Libor Hayek there. And uh, so he was a minus four. Zach Jones is a minus three. They, of course, represented the Rangers' third defense pairing. And we'll talk about that in a little bit as well, seeing how they want to uh, kind of... Go about putting the third defense pairing together. We'll we'll talk about that in a little bit here. That's going to be an ongoing storyline with the New York Rangers. It sounds like Patrick Nemeth might be ready to come back to the lineup. And uh, given what we saw last night, I'd be very surprised if he was not back into the lineup when he's next available. But yeah, just one of those nights, you know, kind of got away from the Rangers a little bit. Uh, There was also a goal that created a little bit of controversy in the second period. This one gave the Knights a 2-1 advantage. And I just want to talk about that real quick. It was scored by Mark Stone. Uh, Dadanoff made a centering pass for Stone. Stone sticks out his right leg, or might have been his left leg, but anyway, he stuck out one of his legs, and the puck deflects off of his skate and goes into the net. Now, Most of the people listening to this are probably familiar with the rule here as it pertains to a puck going off of a skate and into the net, but for anybody who might be new to hockey, uh, again, some of this you probably might already know, but you can't make a distinct kicking motion and knock the puck into the net that way. If you do that, the goal will be disallowed. You can, however, purposely position your skate in a spot where you think the puck is going to deflect off of your skate and go into the net. And there was obviously a little bit of gray area here. Uh, For Gerard Gallant's part, he had no issues with it. He was asked about it in his post-game presser, and uh, he said that, you know, he was pretty sure that that goal was going to stand and that, uh, you know, Stone was well within his right to position his skate where he did. Uh, But this is where it gets tricky because if you watch this replay, it's not like Stone, you know, wound back like he was attempting to kick a 50-yard field goal or anything like that here and just booted the puck into the net. But you can see, you know, when the puck is there, he clearly is moving his skate forward to have it deflect off of his skate and into the net. Now, is this a distinct kicking motion? That's where the gray area comes in. I mean, I would probably have to say no because, again, it wasn't like he wound back and booted it, but his skate was clearly going forward in the direction of the net. So, yeah, there's there's some gray area. Probably could have gone either way. It's one of those things where I get the feeling, you know, given that this call is very open to interpretation in this particular play, I get the feeling whatever the call on the ice was probably would have stood if they had, you know, uh, disallowed it right away because they thought Stone kicked it in. Maybe that would have stood, you know. Again, it's one of those calls that really could have gone either way. Um, but you never know with, the, with these reviews. I mean, it feels like sometimes they're just flipping a coin when it comes to stuff like this. But unfortunately, uh, the call stood, and uh, the Knights up 2-1. And of course, they made it 3-1 to one by the end of the second period and really gave the Rangers uh, something of an uphill fight after that. You know, going into the third period, down by two goals on the road against a good team. And we will continue to talk about all of the finer points of this game in just a second. But first, I just wanted to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked on New York Rangers is brought to you by Bilt Bar. It's the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good, you'll want to eat it. Unlike other protein bars, which can be chalky or waxy or taste like a chemical spill. Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. And there's so many flavors to choose from. Coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, raspberry, cookies and cream, salted caramel, mint brownie, and many, many more. In fact, Bilt is always coming out with new, limited-time flavors. So check Bilt.com often to see what's new. Go to Bilt.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Bilt.com. All right, and just wanted to thank you guys for making Locked on New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. So a couple of things that I think everybody's probably aware of by now, but I'll run through them real quick just in case anybody happened to miss it. But Igor Shesterkin has landed on the COVID list. That resulted in Alex Georgiev drawing the start here in Vegas and Keith Kincaid being recalled to back him up. And then, of course, uh, you had a homecoming of sorts for Gerard Gallant and Ryan Reeves. Both of them received tribute videos, I believe, prior to the game. And uh, so that was obviously really cool to see. Unfortunately, uh, Reeves and Gallant are 0-2 against their former team this season, or 0-1-1, as it were. Uh, Of course, the last time the Rangers played the Knights, they lost in a shootout. So unfortunate that neither one of uh, Gallant nor Reeves could get the win in his homecoming. But, uh, you know, Knights are a good team, and uh, the Rangers have been playing great lately, and it's the kind of loss that's not going to bother me too much. This is something that I always talk about here, though. When you have a loss like this, I don't dwell on it all that much, especially if the team has been playing well recently. But what do you do after this? Can you come back out? In your next game, play a full 60 and uh, you know, grind your way to a win. Do whatever you have to do to immediately bounce back. That's what good teams do, and I think we'll see the Rangers do that in their next game, which as of now is slated to be on Saturday night against the Anaheim Ducks, the second of a five-game road trip. But it must be noted that Anaheim had its recent game uh, against Detroit postponed, and this was due to, you know, issues on Anaheim's side, you know, a lot of players being on the COVID list. So as of this recording, the game is still on, but we'll obviously keep our eye on that as well. As far as, you know, I feel like we got to spend a little bit of time on the third defense pairing. You know, I I talked about how they struggle in this game. Uh, Zach Jones came very, very close to what would have been his first career NHL goal. It actually occurred on the power play, and Jones just rang a shot off the far post. Robin Leonard was not going to come up with this one, so uh, Jones misses his first goal by inches there, or maybe one inch. But yeah, overall, just not a banner night for the Ranger defense, and they gave up a ton of odd man rushes. I mean, when the game ended, I almost wish that I kind of kept track of it throughout the game, but I mean, man, it had to be getting close to double digits. It felt that way. Uh, Just a lot of two-on-ones for Vegas, and uh, they converted on at least one or two of them. And... Given the way this game unfolded, and again, let me preface this whole thing by saying that I am a huge Zach Jones fan. I thought he played very, very well in the two games that he played for the Rangers prior to this one. Uh, But, you know, given his struggles in this game, given the way LeBron Hayek struggled in this game, I would not be surprised to see Patrick Nemeth as well as Nils Lundqvist back out there in the next one. Lundqvist was a healthy scratch as he's been a couple of times this season. Nemeth, it, it's kind of weird. You know, At first, he was on the COVID list. And then he was out of the lineup because of something personal or a non-COVID illness. I mean, it was just kind of strange. They were being very, very vague about it. But it does sound like uh, Patrick Nemeth is close to coming back. I wouldn't be shocked if it's him and Lunquist back out there. I know a lot of people want to see Jones and Lunquist share the ice together. But if Nemeth is healthy, I got to believe he's going to be in the lineup far, far more often than not. And I don't know. I mean, maybe Nemeth would be somebody that could be considered to be a healthy scratch on certain nights. But overall, you know, I think he's done okay for the Rangers this season, and I think they're going to leave him in that familiar role on the third line there. It might just come down to, you know, which defenseman on the Rangers plays on the third pairing with him. Libor Hayek really, really hurt his chances in this game, especially when you've got two young, uh, high upside defensemen, guys that were both high draft picks, guys that were taken in the first and third rounds of the draft, respectively, in Nils Lundqvist and Zach Jones. So I get the feeling. Probably in the next game, we'll see Nemeth out there with, I would say, Lundqvist. I could see maybe Jones going back to being a healthy scratch. Maybe there's a little bit of a timeshare between Jones and Lundqvist, and maybe kind of just reopen uh, this, you know, sixth defenseman competition all over again. That was really the only uh, big-time position battle that there was during training camp for the Rangers, and maybe it's once again an open competition. We will see how the Rangers look to play going forward. But obviously, uh, Jones and Hayek, rough night for both of them, and uh, we'll see how the Rangers look to play this going forward. But we might as well go ahead and highlight the only goal that the Rangers scored in this game. Like I said, I mean, through the first period and the first seven or so minutes of the second period, I would say the Rangers were the better team, and uh, their hard work was rewarded here less than a minute into the second period, 52 seconds into the middle stanza to be exact. But you've got Mika Zibanejad making a pass to Chris Kreider, and Kreider just lets it fly from not even the top of the right face-off circle. He had not even gotten to the top of the right circle And it just went in. I mean, kind of a soft goal given up by Robin Leonard there. Bounced off his glove. Went into the net. Uh, A goal like this does go back to the idea that sometimes you do have to just play the puck at the net and see what happens. And obviously, the way Chris Kreider has been scoring goals this season, uh, I don't think any of us are going to have too much of a problem with him shooting a little bit more often. I realize a lot of his goals are coming on the power play, and they're of the tip-in variety or the stuff-in variety, but Kreider's got a good shot, and I wouldn't mind letting him fly, letting him let the puck fly at the net a little bit more often. I mean, why not? 21 goals uh, on the season for Kreider, and Capo Caco with a much-needed assist on the play as well. And like I said, that line was looking great early in the game. I thought that was just the beginning of what was going to be a very, very big night for them. But... Everything just kind of fell apart about midway through the second period for the Rangers. And uh, very, very little offense to speak of for the Rangers the rest of the way here, especially in the third period. I mean, they did absolutely nothing in the third period. And odd man rushes galore for the Vegas Golden Knights. And again, I realize that's a little bit of a byproduct of being down by two goals. You got to take a couple more chances. It's getting late in the game. Uh, But again, not a defensive clinic or anything closer resembling a defensive clinic for the New York Rangers last night, which is really unlike them because they've been a really good uh, defensive team this season overall. I'd also be lying if I said I wasn't keeping an eye on Riley Smith during a big portion of this game. You know, as we talked about with Tony Cordasco of Locked On Vegas Golden Knights, Smith is a likely player to be traded. I'm sure he's probably in the top 10 most likely players to be dealt. Doesn't mean that it's definitely going to happen, but with the Knights trading for Jack Eichel and having some salary cap issues, it might necessitate a move there. Uh, He ends up with two assists against the Rangers, but I just thought he looked really dangerous, really explosive, came close to scoring a goal a couple of times. He's been in a little bit of a slump recently, nothing too dramatic, uh, but he's got 11 goals and 17 assists for 28 points in 37 games so far with the Vegas Golden Knights. He's 30 years old, plays the right wing, which is where the Rangers are a little bit thin, and if the Rangers want to make a move for uh, for Riley Smith, uh, you'll hear no arguments from me. Uh, eventually, you know, we've we've talked about trade targets all along on here, but. You know, maybe at some point I'll actually rank the players as far as, uh, you know, my favorite trade targets. And I got to believe he'd be pretty high up there uh, having a a really solid season for the Vegas Knights. And again, not that the Knights want to be sellers and trade players away from their NHL roster right now, but they might not have a choice. And so we'll see if there could be a fit between, uh, you know, the Rangers and the Knights there. I would imagine if the Knights, you know, given that they're a contending team especially, they're not going to want to trade Riley Smith, certainly within their own division, but probably not even within the Western Conference because there's always a, a better chance of running into... Uh, Smith, again, in the playoffs if you keep him in the Western Conference. If you send him to the Eastern Conference, the only way you're going to see him in the playoffs is if you're in the Stanley Cup Finals. And at that point, it's obviously a good problem to have. But, uh, yeah, Smith, again, you know, somebody that I will definitely uh, be cool with if the Rangers end up striking some kind of a deal there. And we will continue breaking down this loss in just a second. But first, just wanted to let everybody know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by betonline.ag. BetOnline would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. BetOnline remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. New year and a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKEDON to get started from football, basketball, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Do not wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. All right. So, should I even mention Brett Howden, or maybe just skip right over that? Uh, no. Brett Howden last night scored a goal against the Rangers yet again. That made the score four to one in favor of the Vegas Golden Knights in the third period. And in all seriousness, I've got nothing against Brett Howden, obviously. It just was not working out in three seasons with the New York Rangers. He now, with the Vegas Golden Knights in 26 games, has four goals and six assists for a total of 10 points. And, of course, two of those goals have happened against the Rangers and one of the assists as well. So, listen, all the best to Brett Howden. It's nice that... You know, uh, of all the former Rangers that are now playing in the Ranger division with some other team, it's nice that at least one, uh, you know, is far, far away and can only hurt us twice a season. Um, I guess the good news here is that while Howden played a pivotal role in the Knights beating the Rangers the first time around, in this one, even without that goal, Knights probably win 4-1 to in all likelihood. So uh, not like it was a dagger goal or anything like that, but it is crazy to see. Brett Howden. I mean, think about this. He played 42 games with the Rangers last season, only had seven points total, and only one goal. And in two games against the Rangers this season, he's got two goals and one assist. So more goals in two games against the Rangers this season than he scored in 42 games with the Rangers last season. Pretty wild stuff. Uh, and again, all the best to Brett Howden. Like I said, it didn't work out here. Sometimes players need to change of scenery, and uh, maybe that's the case with Howden as well. And something else that I wanted to talk about, I mean, first and foremost, Artemi Panarin remains out of the lineup. I think most of you are probably aware of that. Uh, But in his absence, obviously, the Rangers have done a little bit of juggling with their 5v5 line combinations. But they've also had to do a little bit of adjusting on the power play as well. And what they've done is they've put Mika Zibanejad into the Artemi Panarin spot on the power play. And it's worked pretty well for Mika. I mean, obviously, the Rangers didn't score any power play goals in this game. But Mika's really been letting it fly on that top power play unit. Scored a couple of goals in the spot that's usually reserved for Timmy Panarin there. And, of course, Capo Kako moves from the second power play unit up to the top power play unit. And I've heard from a couple of you guys, you know, some ideas of what to do on the power play. Some of you might want to keep Mika Zibanejad in that spot on the first power play unit whenever our Timmy Panarin gets back. I get where you're coming from. Mika has looked lethal from that spot on the ice, but I wouldn't do that. Artemi Panarin is still the best player on the Rangers. He's the most dangerous player on the Rangers. I got to believe as far as the opponents are concerned, he's the most feared player on the Rangers just in terms of, you know, how many points he can produce. I think as far as just actually being afraid of a player, it's it's probably uh, Ryan Reeves. But as far as from a scoring pers- perspective, uh, yeah, I, I think Artemi Panarin is the guy that other teams are most afraid of. And I'm not going to mess with success. I mean, the Rangers, like we talked about, they have a top 10 power play unit going with basically the same five players on the top power play unit for the entire season. That being Panarin, Mika, Kreider, Strom, and Fox. And I think you'll see them go right back into that that quintet whenever Panarin makes his return to the lineup and Cackle will move back down to the second unit. Uh, I heard, you know, a couple of you also wanted to... um, you know, kind of share the wealth between the two power play units. And again, I get the idea, you know, you want to have, you want to feel like you have two power play units that have a good chance to go out there and score. But with how lethal that Ranger top power play unit is, I really don't want to mess with it. I certainly don't want to move somebody like Mika or Panarin down to the second unit and have them only play, you know, 30 or 35 seconds of a two-minute power play. I, I definitely would not do that. And on top of that, you know, Mika and Panarin typically play on different lines, 5v5, so I want to at least have them out there on the ice and try to make magic uh, when the power play is happening for the Rangers. I wouldn't want to split the two of them up, and I certainly don't want to move any of them, either of them, excuse me, down to the second power play unit and reduce their ice time on the man advantage. Once again, for a unit that has been absolutely lethal. Now, of course, you super stack the top power play unit, that also may occasionally leave something to be desired as far as the second unit is concerned. And I'll kind of just run through uh, the quintet that was playing on the second unit in this game. You had Phil Heedle, uh, Zach Jones, and Jacob Trouba, so two defensemen on the second power play unit. Uh, Also, Alexi Lafreniere and Barclay Goodrow. Uh, They almost scored. This unit almost came through. There was some excellent puck movement on the Rangers' first chance of the game. This is when the game was still scoreless in the first period. Uh, You had Lafreniere making a great cross-ice pass to Zach Jones, and that's when Zach Jones uh, put it right off the far post, just an absolute laser of a shot. So, you know, I get it. I get the idea of wanting to spread the wealth, but I still got to super stack that top power play unit and, you know, strike fear into the hearts of opponents, especially when you know that that top power play unit is going to play the vast majority of the time on the power play. I mean, there's power plays where they're out there for, you know, a minute 20, a minute 30, a minute 40. And then, you know, it's unfortunate for the second unit because it's hard to go out there with only 25 seconds left in the power play and, uh, you know, get set up and get a good scoring opportunity and uh, light the lamp. But be that as it may, I still got to stick with that same five that's been so good this season. And there's also one other key sequence from this game that I definitely want to talk about before we call it a day here. And that is about... Five, six, seven minutes after the Rangers scored the equalizer in the first minute of the second period. It's 1-1. And you have a shift where there's big-time pressure by Vegas. You know, the Rangers really back on their heels. Back-to-back strong shifts by a a couple of different uh, line combinations on the Knights. Rangers sort of bent but didn't break in this situation. You know, Vegas was buzzing, but the Rangers were doing a decent job keeping them to the outside. And had made a couple of tough saves when he needed to. But then, you know, the Rangers get the puck in transition. And once again, the Mika's advantage headline uh, really applying some tremendous pressure. One thing that I have noticed is Kako seems to be back to this old habit that he has of always looking to pass. This happened twice in this game last night where I thought he had a decent chance to shoot and for one reason or another chose to pass instead. And I, I know that, you know, as we've discussed in the past on this show, the Rangers are sometimes selfless to a fault. I've seen a little bit less of that this season. I think guys are shooting when they have the opportunity to shoot. But Kako recently, I feel like he's trying to set up his linemates a little bit. Um, I... We'll keep an eye on that going forward. I I definitely saw it twice in this game, including in this instance here. Uh, But then you had an instance where, you know, the Rangers, they had the puck still in the Vegas zone. They're applying pressure. And this is when Libor Hayek uh, had another one of his low lights on the night. Uh, Again, I'm not going to kill Hayek because I think he's been okay before this game. But this was a really rough night for Libor Hayek. But basically, he's got the puck at the point. He's trying to dump it in deep and he couldn't get the puck all the way there. Vegas takes control of it and they come flying back the other way so now it's Vegas in transition and that's the one where, uh, you know, Mark Stone ends up scoring on the puck that went off of a skate and into the net. We already talked about that goal, but I wanted to kind of describe the events that led up to it because the Rangers were buzzing there. They had a couple of chances to score. You know, they take a 2-1 lead there. Who knows what happens? Maybe the entire game flow goes differently or maybe it goes the same and the Knights still win this game 5-2. It's impossible to say for sure, but it would have been nice to Uh, you know not give up a goal there especially when you were having such a good shift and to have Vegas go back the other way and get a goal of their own when it looked like you might score obviously an unfortunate sequence something of a two-goal swing in that uh, instance there and then just one final thing that I wanted to do before we call it a day here is you know I I did an episode not too long ago where we kind of took a look at the Hartford Wolfpack and kind of Focused in on them, saw how all the Ranger prospects were doing, and even guys that aren't necessarily prospects. But we kind of just checked in with the Hartford Wolfpack, and uh, we spent a little bit of time looking at, you know, other Ranger prospects that are in the pipeline, playing in various leagues around the globe, really. And... What I wanted to do, I heard back from enough of you guys. You guys seem to like that episode, so at some point in the future, we might do that all over again. We might do a whole episode that's dedicated entirely to Ranger prospects and just getting everybody kind of caught up to what they're doing in various leagues, and something else that we might do is what we're about to do right now, and that is just simply spotlight one player at the end of an episode, and today's player is going to be Brandon Offman. Uh, they talked about him on the MSG broadcast last night as well, but this kid is just absolutely on fire, and uh, for anybody who needs a refresher, Offman was taken by the Rangers in the First round of this year's draft, or I guess technically last year's draft because we're in 2022. But the Rangers took him number 16 overall in the 2021 NHL draft, and he is just absolutely on. Fire with the Flint Firebirds of the OHL. He is also an alternate captain with that team. He was recently named the OHL Player of the Week, and why not? Because, I mean, listen to these stats. In 27 games with the Firebirds this season, Othman has scored 22 goals, dished out 19 assists, has a total of 41 points, and is a plus 8 overall. And that's impressive no matter what, but when you Consider the fact that the Rangers were kind of looking at Offman as a pain in the butt to play against kind of player and somebody who's kind of a defensive forward, and he's putting up numbers like this, and again, I, I realize the OHL is not the NHL. Those numbers will eventually come back to earth a little bit as he, you know, climbs the ranks of all these different hockey leagues, but that's very, very encouraging because you know, the toughness, the physicality, that stuff doesn't slump. But if he had some scoring to his game as well, the Rangers really might have a heck of a player, uh, you know, in their pipeline here in Brandon Offman. Uh, but that will pretty much do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. And definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time. Thanks for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q, with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It is free and available on all platforms.